day, what a day. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a great Monday throughout the Raider Nation coming off a glorious victory in Denver in front of the Bronco fans on what was their ring of honor ring day with all of their legends coming back and the Raiders went into Denver and quieted the critics shut everybody up and are completely back on track for a playoff push Welcome to the show on a Monday. You know the program. I clean it out on a Monday to hear from you. Jump on in and take advantage of the format. 702-365-9200. We'll hear from Raider fans, especially those who made the trip. Raider fans who were out with their friends and had a great time. I watched the game with the Black Hole Vegas chapter, which was fantastic yesterday inside the Raiders Tavern and Grill. And all the friends that came out yesterday texted and really needed to pick me up. That was an important win in Raiders regular season history. Not this year, not since they moved to Vegas in the history of the franchise because of what happened the week before, period. They needed a win. A lot of people did not expect it. Other than the coaching staff, the players in that locker room, it really was a game where you could have bailed on the Raiders going into that game, saying, I understand what's been happening. It's just too much to handle. It's just too heavy. They're not going to win the game, but don't get blown out. Put up a fight. Keep it respectable and get back home at 500-3-3 and turn it around then. That wasn't the case. The Raider Nation united. They went in there with a purpose, and they put together, I believe, their best game of the year. Top to bottom, their best game in all three phases under a new head coach in Rich Basaccia and give the coaching staff and the players all the credit which they deserve on their own flagship station. We're brought to you by PT's, the best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2, Golden Entertainment, the Laughlin Entertainment Center, Kid Rock over the weekend. Everybody who went down there had a great time. Head to the Strat, head to Arizona Charlie's, or meet me at the SG Bar right by my house, which I love to go for lunch and meet friends up here, this part of town, the SG Bar, the place where I go and hang out. So let's recap the victory And I'd like to get some emotional calls today. I really would, because it's important to me at this stage of my career that we do this. And I said, this job isn't very difficult. It's not. It's not a hard job. A lot of people can do it. What it is, it's emotionally draining. Not physically. It's very emotionally draining at times because you invest a lot in the team. You want the team to win. You know the former coach. You're getting to know the new coach. You know the players, the fans. And it gets emotionally draining That's why on Friday I have a bucket of Modellos in the backyard to just let it out because I put everything I have emotionally into this radio show. Emotional highs, I try to keep the lows off the radio, but it's a big part of my life, and I chose this life, and I'm honored to be a part of this radio station and this organization. And when we have good days, we have to take advantage of it. We really do. I am, and I don't know if I did that 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. So on to the next thing. I want to interview this guy. Get me this guy. Do this. No, no, no. Take a breath. Need to take a breath and relax and celebrate a victory because all week 
I'm going to be talking about the only team I root against in all of professional sports. There's one left, Philadelphia. I almost died at an Eagles game at a younger age. I build that story up 16 years old, going in with my friends as Giant fans, 700 section, wearing a Phil Simms jersey. Eagle fan takes me a lot older than me. I think the guy, if I put out an APB on that guy when I was 16, he had to be 30 or 35, put my neck over the ledge of the 700 section and said, get out of here and don't come back again. I built up that story over the years, but it's factually true. I despise this team. I hated two teams when I was younger, the Red Sox and the Eagles. I don't hate the Red Sox anymore. It was kind of interesting that Coach Passaccia said that to me. I didn't know it was coming in our interview last week. He's a big Yankee fan like I am. And he says he loves the Red Sox because it makes the rivalry better. Well, I despise the Eagles. It's the one team I root against vocally. So this is going to be a good week on the radio. Because after the celebration of the Denver win, we're going to get into the Eagles. And starting tomorrow, the game plan with the Eagles, we got to put them down. Got to put them down because they're coming in with a lot of fans, just like Chicago, and I'm cool with that. I don't want to see too many fans, but I get it. It's Vegas. It's year one with fans. Get over it. They're allowed to buy tickets. They're moving the needle with buying tickets off of brokers and Raider fans who believe some concept that they're going to pay for all their tickets if they sell one game to the Eagles. We can't deal with them. They're out there, but the Eagles are coming in big. They're 2-4. and four. They're coming off a mini-bye week because they lost on Thursday to Tom Brady. So they're going to be more rested than the Raiders, and they're going to need the game. I think their season's over, but I thought the same thing about Chicago. So I got plenty of time to do that the rest of the week. Let's celebrate the Raider victory. And what was your personal moment in that game? You're the Raider fan. You tell me today, what was the moment in the game where you were most proud of the Raiders? It might have been... The first touchdown, it might have been the last interception. What point in the game yesterday were you most proud to represent the Raiders and to say you're a Raider fan? 702-365-9200. Tweet at me, at JT the Brick, and we'll get you up here ready to roll. You know, I expected them to win the game, but I wouldn't have been shocked if they lost because of everything that happened last week. They were the better team. I thought they were the better team against Chicago. And they lost that game. They were the better team against Denver. And they dominated Denver and played at a high level. I really think the biggest key now is the fact that Carr had seven passes over 25 yards. That was brilliant. He's getting a lot of credit. 19 yards average per completion, which is legendary for a regular season game. And here he goes, opening it up, going to rugs deep. Stays in to help blocking down the middle, deep for Ruggs. Ruggs has got it. 10-5. Yeah, baby. Jackpot. Vegas touchdown. Brett Musburger on all these calls with Lincoln Kennedy. So why was that so important? It's something that the great Raider Mort, one of the greatest Raider fans of all time, Mount Rushmore, Raider Mort, we talk every day. And he's been telling me for decades, because he was there for Clip Branch, and he was there for all the great Raider receivers, that you got to throw deep twice in the first half. You have to keep the opposing defense honest. You've got to attack deep early to let the safeties know and the corners know that you're testing them. And from time to time, that disappeared. They just weren't doing it. And I think it was a really important part of the game plan for the Raiders, and it helped with the victory. Challenging downfield. If Ruggs doesn't catch those balls or they're deflected, you live another play. But if they're caught 
Ruggs has got great hands, and he knows the end zone. And that was a big play to get the Raiders going. Nice to see Faison step up. He was the player on defense that no one even knew about. He came in and had a big game with this interception. And Bridgewater's going to go back at the gun. They need a yard. Got to watch the ball. Bridgewater going to take it back to throw for the first down. Has time high. Intercepted at midfield. Picked off by the Raiders. And it'll be Raiders first down. Brandon Faison. That was a huge play because what that did was it sent a message to Teddy that on third and short, you shouldn't throw it, you should run it. And did you notice in that game how many times Denver gave up and just, they were down and they just kept handing the ball off? Uh, I couldn't believe it. I mean, the Raider pass rush has improved, but it's still running it into the pile. Denver fans were really upset about that by the fact that the Broncos just didn't seem, Teddy can't make the throws. He just can't. He can manage the game and throw underneath. And Teddy was exposed yesterday. Mad Max Crosby, friend of the show, he's rolling. Mad Max getting the national coverage for the big game. Here's another sack. Second and 10. Bridgewater wants to test him again. Has time. And he's hit in the pocket and crushed. Brought down at the 25-yard line. Turning the somersault. Mad Max Crosby rips into Bridgewater. Give that young man another sack. He's a hell of a player. Max is playing at a Pro Bowl level. If Max continues just to play at this level, he's going to the Pro Bowl. That's how good of a season he's having. It's fabulous to watch him play, his motor, his leadership, everything that he's doing. Now, on the pregame show with Eric Allen, I said, you know, let's get this game going with Drake. They call him the $6 million man. He got a lot of money to come in here and be more than just a player who's going to make a play once every three games. Drake had a breakout game, and Carr found him on this beautiful route. Carr breaks the huddle and goes back into the gun. Play clock is inside a seven. Takes a snap. Fires to over deep left side. Caught. End zone. Jackpot, baby. Touchdown, Vegas. Kenyon Drake. A 31-yard scoring strike to the running back. I believe that was the biggest play of the game. It really was. Rugs, you could say rugs. You can talk about it. I think that was the biggest play of the game because it opened up now. It opened up a new game plan for the Raiders. That out and up. And it was set up beautifully by Greg Olson and Johnny Morton who worked through the game and setting up that play and it worked out and they pulled the trigger and Carr threw a brilliant pass at the right time. That is a new wrinkle in the Raiders' offense that has arrived. This wrinkle needs to develop into a trend, and we need to see it from here on out. It's a beautiful play, and Carr can make that throw. Drake can run that route, and he knows the end zone. I thought that was a mo- one of the biggest plays of the year. It really is one of the biggest plays of the year because what's going to come out of it? Love that play. And Drake has a nose for the end zone. They kept feeding him to go up 24-7. Drake, who caught that touchdown pass at the end of the first half, is the running back. Strong to the left. Here's Drake through the middle. Got daylight. Jackpot, baby! Kenyon Drake's second Vegas touchdown. What a performance by Drake there, where he can take and spell Josh Jacobs from time to time. Now, I've been critical of Josh's numbers because I got a lot of NFL running backs that I'm going to share with you later in the show. They get 125, 150 yards. They come out and get real yards. And for whatever reason, we haven't seen that develop yet with Josh. He had 16 carries 
for 53 yards. And before this touchdown, I will tell you, I liked the way he was running in the game. The four or five-yard carries were strong. They were physical, and he fell forward. He didn't get, he didn't run into a bottleneck. He didn't get thrown backwards. So it was important for Jacobs to be involved in this box score with this TD. He's the running back, and Carr will go back into the gun on second and goal. Jacobs cuts middle, walks in. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs, touchdown for the Las Vegas Raiders. I'll tell you, I don't know about you, but when when Musburger sees the call, he has time because he's got a really tough job in the press box with his son, the spotter. They got to figure out with binoculars who's making the play. It is difficult. I sit behind him in home games. They do a hell of a job. But when, when Brett knows it's a touchdown and he gives you the slow jackpot, baby, I love it. I love it. Way to go, Godfather, on that call as Jacobs busts in. And that should have put the game away, right? 31-10. to 10, But I'm hanging out with Cisco in the black hole, and I'm like, slow your roll. I know you guys just bought a brand-new bottle of tequila. They bought a bottle of tequila to the table. I said, hey, guys, slow down. This ain't over yet. You knew Denver was going to come back. Denver was going to try to make it a game. But the Raiders put it away, and they did it in impressive fashion. Trayvon Merrick is a big-time ball hawk, and it was great that he got his first interception at mile high. Bridgewater from the gun on third down. Going to fire deep towards Sutton, and it's intercepted. Picked off at the 20-yard line. Merrick, the center fielder, back to the 30, back to the 40, back to the 45, back into Bronco territory at the 45-yard line. And... The rookie, Trayvon Morick from TCU, turns the lights out. And the Orange Crush heads for the exits here in Mile High. What a performance by the Raiders. Uh, Brent was right. The fans were leaving, but then Bridgewater found Fant for a touchdown, 31-25, and they, they fell on an onside kick, which is completely unacceptable. Raiders got to be better with that onside kick. Better job, better focus at the end of the game. But Jonathan Abrams put it away as Teddy threw his third interception of the day. Of 30 seconds, Bridgewater back. Pump fake, fires, intercepted. Picked up by Abram. Just go down, young man, go down. And they're able to roll him toward the out-of-bounds marker. And they stop it with 24 seconds to go. A Raiders radio, Compass Media on the call there. So nice win by the Raiders, 34-24. to They dominated the game. They won the turnover battle. Derek Carr was brilliant, brilliant in this game. He had a fabulous football game, and he deserves a lot of credit considering the adversity that he went through. Let's get to Rich Passaccia postgame. On the way this team showed up, they were very consistent with the game plan and the way they performed preparation throughout the week and then the game. Again, I, I talked about the continuity on offense, continuity on defense, and then for them to have a whole week of practice, um, to some degree, sense of normalcy a little bit, and uh, I, I think that probably, it, certainly it's emotional for everybody, right? So I think they did a good job um, as a bunch of grown men of, of handling their emotions throughout the week, uh, putting them in perspective when it was time to go play the game. It is a job for, for all of us, and, and uh, again, they, they seem to do a really, really good job with it. Um, we'll see what goes on from here. We'll see the consistency uh, that we can have going on. I think that'll be the, the challenge for all of us. Yeah, he's going to demand consistency. Coach Passaccia wants that. That's really what he wants his 
handprints to be on this team. Just be consistent. Show up, play for the Raiders, do your job, be consistent, and do that. And I think that's what he's going to demand. I mean, everybody talks about his leadership. I'm just getting to know him like you are, and he seems to be a great leader. And what a big spot. His whole family was there. They kept showing his wife and his daughters. And I think that's really making a nice connection with the Raiders, with this new head coach, that everybody's pulling for him, that everybody wants him to do well. And it's kind of this us-against-the-world mentality going forward. Quality win for him. And I think one of the big changes this year with the Raiders with Gus Bradley is the lack of big plays by the other team. The other team's going to have a big play here or there, a bomb, a pass over the top, a big run. But it's the job of the Raiders to limit that, and they did that in Denver yesterday. And, um, again, there were we had explosive plays on offense with Henry's play. Um, I think we limited our, our explosive plays on defense. We stayed on top a bunch. And, again, with the picks um, by Trayvon and, and the turnovers on defense, it, it just helped our field position big on offense as well. Yeah, and one more from Coach Passaccia. It's his first win. I think there'll be Raider fans today and this week that should congratulate the coach because that's a big milestone for any coach. An NFL coach winning their first game, especially if it's their first game that they win and they don't have to wait for it for a couple of weeks. Uh, Everybody should be congratulating Coach B for this performance on the road. Yeah, again, it's, you know, I'm a part of the team just like everybody else. So it's a a we win and uh, that's about all I feel personally. I can't believe Derek only completed 18 passes. I, I wouldn't have guessed that until the postgame yesterday. He threw for 341 yards on 18 completions. He had a 134.4 quarterback rating. I, mean, I don't think he'll ever play a game like that. He'll have more touchdowns in games. He had two. But the rating and the fact that he only completed 18 plays and the length of those plays. So, again, there are Derek Carr critics. There are even Derek Carr critics in the Raider Nation. And all that should simmer down. When he has the opportunity and the plays are called for him to go deep, he can make those plays. And how about a real nice pat on the back for the offensive line that played well? This team cannot win games unless the offensive line is stabilized. And I thought they were stabilized in this game. They played a very solid game overall that I'm very impressed with. So that's how we open up the show. Today for me is a celebration of the Raider Nation and a win. I do one thing that I like to do more than other hosts. I like to remind you of the fraud media in this town and mostly national who love kicking this team when they're down. Their radio shows are doom and gloom. Well, what happens if Passaccia doesn't get a win this week? What happens if they don't make the playoffs? Is Mayock going to be out? Who's going to be the new head coach? It happens locally in Vegas, and it happens nationally. It does, and I just like to point it out and remind you, that when the Raiders are doing well, they get no respect. They, they get some people that mention them a bit, and when they're down, they get kicked when they're down. And I mention that for a reason. I'm sick of it. It happens too much because there's no consistency. I'm consistent. When they're not playing well, I get beat up, I'm upset, and we open up the phones. But you just don't see the support at the level that it should be because they're the Raiders. They got the patch. They're the silver and black. And they've been around since 1960, and they've had tremendous success. They've had ups and downs. They've had all these great players, Hall of Famers. They played in the greatest games. You know how Al Davis used to say it. Well, we're going to play some sound next segment I'll get to after we get some phone calls in here on what happened to Mark Davis last week, what's happening with the league, and the perception, and how Mark Davis 
and the organization fought through that as they flew to Denver and won that game. It was also a very big moment for Mark Davis to get that win there and for that team to go win for him, considering some of the things that were said about him that were completely outlandish and disrespectful last week. We'll get into that in the show, too. So I hope to hear from you today. It's a good day to get on the radio and get us started. Let's get Samir in Albuquerque. Start us off. Appreciate you listening on the Raiders mobile app. Thanks, JT. Uh, I want to talk about the emotion of the game, but real quick, just to add to what you're just talking about with the media. You noticed last week, Football Night in America, all the shows could not, what was it, felt like hours talking about the Raiders. Flipped over to their little national media show after we won that game. I could have sworn they gave us maybe, what, five seconds of coverage? Oh, by the way, the Raiders won. Oh, by the way, whatever. And back to Gruden talk. The way that we get trashed on by the national media, you know, that's not something we, we make up in our own minds. It's consistent, and it's not right. So just a comment on that. From the emotion for the game, if I could just share how it was, the experience was for uh, my family. We went to the uh, local sports bar here, and I've mentioned on your show before, I, I live in Broncos slash donkey country out here. And at the uh, sports bar, fans, lots of donkey fans giving us hate. And to talk about the two plays that uh, – Really did it for us, man. Props to Carr, to Ruggs in the first quarter because we got to let out, and I'll keep it clean for radio, a nice, big, loud, let's effing go and right. all those fans that are against the Raiders to kiss our asses. And another play that was a big moment for us, which I think that, I'm not sure if you mentioned, but is that fourth quarter, I don't know what down it was, but that one-handed catch by Brian Edwards. Yeah, huge. It was where that was, that hint. You know, as a fan, you're getting that hint like, oh, and even the announcers are like, oh, there's plenty of time, plenty of time. And to me, that play right there, let the fan, let everybody watch him know, there's no way in hell we're going to lose this game. This is ours for the taking. Yeah, thanks for the call. They, they couldn't afford to let that game slip away and let Denver back. And, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's not a great quarterback. He's a game manager. You know, a big elephant in the room topic coming up is the quarterbacks. The Raiders get a break. You know, the Raiders are getting a break now because they're playing some, I think, average to below average quarterbacks that cannot wake up against the Raiders. Justin Fields, and they lost to him. Teddy Bridgewater, Daniel Jones of the Giants, Jalen Hurts, who I love a lot. I think he's a great kid. What a leader. And this kid's coming in. He is a leader, a great young man. He's not a great quarterback. So the Raiders get him at home. Joe Burrow, very good quarterback, but super young. I mean, Joe Burrow can turn out to be the next great star in this league, but that's going to take years. So you're getting Burrow at home, young in his career. you got to win that game. And then you're going to get Teddy Bridgewater again at home. The Chargers got hammered yesterday. If the Chargers went into Baltimore and beat Baltimore badly, that'd be a gut check. Chargers didn't even show up. I'll get to them. I'll get to their coach who went out of his way to kick the Raiders in the ass in his media session. I'll get to that Charger coach. Don't turn the dial. I'll get to that Charger coach later. But all of this in general, you got some average quarterbacks coming in. And I was shocked as I DVR'd the game this morning, and I watched the Cowboy game, that they struggled as hard as they did against the Patriots and won. The, the two games on the schedule, and the Chargers, again, took a step back. The two games on the schedule, which are three because they play Kansas City twice, Kansas City's roster is better than the Raiders. No debate. Raiders can beat them, but they got a better roster. And Dallas has a better roster than the Raiders. No debate. But the Raiders can hopefully win those games, get an upset win, or get one. 
and we'll see what happens. But some of these quarterbacks coming in, if you're playing Teddy Bridgewater twice this year, you better beat Teddy Bridgewater twice this year. Come on. You just saw Teddy. He's not never thrown more than two touchdowns in a game. He's coming back to play here in Vegas. That's got to be a win. I think you'd agree on that. So the Raiders do have some interesting matchups at the quarterback position where they got to let Carr go out and have a big game and do what he did yesterday. Bull in Fort Worth. Thanks for listening. You're up next on Raider Nation Radio. Thanks for letting me in the brick house, JT. Appreciate it. Hey, listen. First things first. Let's give a big congratulations to Coach Passacia. I hope I'm saying his name right. What, uh, what a, uh, a victory. Henry Rugg stretching that, that field. That was great. Reminiscent of Cliff Branch. How about uh, Edwards, Winfro? And, of course, the tall and talented Darren Waller. Also, it was just a great team effort. Defense, let's give it to the defense, the magnificent 11. That's what I call them now. Mm. Thanks, JT. That's all I got. Yeah, nice. Everybody deserves credit for this performance. I mean, the defense, Eric Allen, who was a great cornerback, not good, great. He called it a pick party late in that game, and I asked him about that, and he said there are games where you know the other team now, the only chance they get back in the game is throwing deep, and you just say to your teammates, hey, man, let's get one. And the Raiders were able to get one. There were a lot of interception opportunities. Faison, Abram, Merrick. There was a pick party going on. And this Raider defense now has tremendous momentum in the secondary because there were a bunch of turnovers. And those turnovers really ignite that defensive room with Gus Bradley. Now that people say, hey, I can get one. I, I need to get a turnover. I'm next. And that happened there. That was really cool to see yesterday. Raider 562 in Long Beach, the LBC. Go ahead. Hey, what's going on, JT? Uh, All man, good. Uh, it was a uh, it was a great game, a great team win. I mean, what can you say? I I hope that we could keep this same energy and play with the same consistency together as a team. Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh that's the reason I, I I've been a Raider fan for all these years. Just us going through all our adversity and things that we go through. Um, just as a team, as fans, and uh, that was a, it. Was a great feeling to see us out there uh, playing, you know, at the at the level that we were. Um, I think that was one of the one of the uh, definitely our co- complete game for us uh, as far as playing. And we went in their house and kind of just pushed them around. So hopefully yeah. we can keep that that same energy uh, going forward. You know, um, I don't know if you played it, but if you could find that uh, end goal speech that he did while they were in the huddle um, before the game started, it was awesome. It was awesome that he did that and they were mm-hmm. talking to the team and telling them, talking to them about turning the page and everything like that. It was awesome. Man, I, I'm, I'm happy for it, and I hope you continue with it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for calling in, and I'll find that. And hopefully we'll play it. And coming up, uh, what I said at the end of the pregame show that Eric Allen said, you need to play that. So we're going to do that coming up next. And I clear out everything today. Mark Anderson from the Review Journal. He'll join us a little bit later on in the show like he does every other Monday. And then we get back into our grid this week with all the insiders who join us. Bill Williamson, Paul Gutierrez, uh, Vic Tafer. We'll go down the road here. John Ritchie, Raiders alumni, said, who do you want on this week? I said, John Ritchie, please. John Ritchie played for the Raiders and the Eagles. 
He's going to join us on Wednesday. I'm happy about that, and I'm happy for my friend Sam and Ash. They're doing unbelievable in town. They're part of the community, from the Silver Knights to the Raider Nation. If you get into an accident, you deserve the best. That's Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. Jalen Richard is in as a blocker. Carr takes a snap, lobs it, down toward, caught by Edwards, he's free. 35, 30, 25, pushed out of bounds at the 20-yard line. Edwards broke free, and Derek Carr lobbed it to him down the near sideline. Brent Musburger on the call, big play by Edwards. Like to see more of him, but as we said, there's only one football, so everybody's excited that Ruggs, is a big part of this. I want more targets for Waller. I want excessive targets for Waller. Drake's catching the ball out of the backfield now. Renfro, you know, we want to see more Hunter Renfro and more opportunities that Derek has to throw the ball. More guys are going to have more targets. It's tough to do. It's a good problem to have. There's a team that has an explosive offense. Certain guys are going to step up in certain games. But as long as they win, everybody's happy with the numbers. So, Yesterday, welcome back. I want to thank Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence, my buddy Tori and their team. We hang out and we sit and watch the game together, especially the pregame. And we were at the Remy Martin bar in the back having some good food at the Raiders Tavern and Grill, talking about Remy Martin at the Remy Martin back bar and getting into this game plan uh, before I went on the pregame show about what needs to happen. And we were just discussing they have to show up. They have to. Everything's got to be right when this team came out of the tunnel. Whatever people were thinking about during the week, which they had the right to do it, Rich Basaccia's leadership, what happened with John Gruden the week before, his resignation, Mark Davis, the league, all of that really got to me heading into the start of this game on the pregame show as I was on with Eric Allen, and this is how we wrapped it up. I wanted to wrap it up if you're joining us late and didn't catch the open here. We talked about a week of turmoil here within the NFL and the organization, the resignation of John Gruden on Monday, Rich Passaccia named head coach. He met the media on Wednesday. I talked to him on Thursday, the practices this week. Whatever develops next is going to be a big story here. I think there is a total disregard for the Las Vegas Raiders at the league office in New York. Whatever happened, whatever was leaked, nothing was going to save John Gruden. No one defends what John Gruden says. He is out. He is out, and a new era has begun, led by Rich Passaccia. But let it be clear, the way that the NFL has handled the Raiders this week is disgraceful. And there's more to this story developing, why 650,000 emails, some were leaked, and the only ones that were leaked had an effect on one guy who deserved it and is out, and now an organization that has to quickly turn on a dime and deal with some type of situation and conflict that there is no precedence to. So what happened this week is just the beginning. The Raider Nation will get behind Rich Passaccia. The Raider Nation will get behind Mark Davis. And this is the one time in my 23 seasons with this team, I'm employing everybody. Everybody's got to get on the same page now. This is an assault from the media, the league, at the Las Vegas Raiders. It has, it has never been seen like this before in Raider history. It is clearly us against the world. All Raider fan groups should rally behind this. Everyone should stand behind this organization in a time of need. 
because this ownership and this entire organization deserve better than this, and they were left out on an island with an uncomfortable time frame, leaking emails, and the league failed the Las Vegas Raiders. So go out and win the game and get the conversation back to football and winning games here. But let it be known, everyone in the Raider Nation knows what happened this week. This was a heavy hit from the league to the organization, and the organization will respond appropriately, especially the players on the field. We'll be back for the post-game show. Let's get a winny, eh? Got to get a win, JT, and well said, my man. A couple of jackpots. <laughs> a little bit more jackpots from Brent Musburger and Lincoln Kennedy on the call. All right, so that was the end of the pregame yesterday. Raiders stepped up. They didn't hear my speech. Eric Allen liked it. And, you know, I thought it was an assault on the Raider organization from the league office with the emails being leaked. Uh, John Gruden was going to be gone if those emails were leaked in June. If they were leaked in July, he would have been gone. No one's debating that. Maybe there would have been some type of time frame with the suspension. It's all behind us. He's gone. He's gone. But the issue becomes the situation now that it looks like the league put the Raiders in with continuing to leak those emails is something that I'm not going to put to bed. I'm not going to make it a big part of the show. You're not going to hear me talk about it unless there's breaking news from Mike Florio or other insiders who have information on what's happening with the league on this. But everybody talked about it on their pregame show, their postgame show, Sunday Night Football, ESPN, NFL Game Day. Everybody talked about it, and the Raiders went out and backed it up with a win. They did. So where do you put that in Raider history? Where do you put that regular season history? The importance of the game it was important because of what happened during the week. Not in the battle of the Broncos and the Raiders. It's just one of the many games they'll play. But it was an emotional win, and the team went out and won it for the brand, for the logo, the Raiders. Very proud of the players for doing that. It was, it was tremendous. A fun day. Reggie in North Las Vegas, you're up next. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. JT, thanks for always setting it up real nice, man. That statement you made. It's exactly how I felt. It's exactly how I feel right now. It's too much drama going on outside the house. All Raider Nation need to stand up and unite. You can't be bickering over Carr. You can't bicker over our old coach. You can't bicker over the offense or the defense. We got to stand up, come together, and support this team right now. Because from this point on, it's back to where we were every week is that game we got to go one and oh we can't be thinking about two weeks from now three weeks from now one game at a time this team could go and upset the league from doing what they've done to us this season this is ridiculous i'm expecting something big to come out of it but my focus and my praise and my shout out is to that old line because i thought they was going to fall down my big play was that wheel route to my boy Drake. I was happy when we got him, and that play right there showed what we could do. And not only him, Richard could run that route. And and we set up those passes like that. That'll open up the run where Josh could go boulderize and knock some folks over. Let's keep doing it, Raiders. Philly, you next. You know, the game plan now with Drake, and I talked about that wrinkle and what he could do. Josh can run that wheel route, too. Josh Jacobs could do that, and he could line up in the slot and do a lot of other things. It only happens if Derek has protection and Derek's able to 
check out of a play and if he sees something like that. That's what Derek is really good at, at a level of Drew Brees. He can check out of a play. He can see the line of scrimmage. The way he was trained the last four years was very over the top. It's like going to boot camp every day, what he's learned. So he has all this knowledge now with Greg Olson and John Morton, who you're going to hear his name a lot because Johnny Morton's got a great track record working with some of the best quarterbacks of the modern era. Also with Sean Payton and Pete Carroll at USC with their run. So when you see what they can do offensively, it's all predicated on having time on the offensive line. And I thought the offensive line did a really nice job. Colt Miller had a big game. Leatherwood, a penalty late. That's going to happen. And I just thought they did a nice job run blocking when they had to. But the pass protection gave Carr just enough time to throw the ball a little bit deeper. Passionate Raider on Raider Nation Radio. What's happening? Man, good afternoon, JT. Man, just, just the way you guys set the stage and everything about this game yesterday, you know, it goes back to it's the Broncos. They haven't done nothing impressive this year. They haven't beat nobody impressive this year. That's what we have. What we did yesterday is what this team has been built to be doing all year long. Something just wasn't right. And after all day watching the game last night, listening to everybody this morning on the radio, and just digesting everything, it's just like the – it brings me back to the scenario of the rich guy who, who has everything but don't know how to use nothing. Like uh, I got a buddy who just bought a brand-new bass boat. He don't know how to drive it. He lets his brother drive it. Gruden gets the keys, gets the keys pulled from him, gone, gives it to little brother. Little brother knows how to drive his car better. This offense, this is exactly what John envisioned with this offense that he put together what was on the field yesterday. You said, Carr, only 18 completions, 340-some yards, because, like, they set the – you know, we know, we all seen it. They set the run up from the pass. So then passes, the run run was there. We had the big plays, boom, rushing yards is down because we're getting down low, punching the ball in, doing exactly what Gruden set this offense up, but Gruden couldn't get out of the way to run this offense efficiently. Yesterday, this engine purred like it's supposed to, it ran over a, a road bump in the road. I don't see any team on this schedule that I am scared to play. When you have a team who is playing together, you know, JT, that is, that is, that, that's very rare. That is championship material. When you guys are playing on one accord, and that doesn't happen. That happens once a year with one team who is always ends up being the Super Bowl team. The Raiders have all the pieces in place. The coach is there. The heart's there. The will's there. Do it for the patch, man. Again, we ended that game yesterday against our rival Aries on the 50-yard line. Victory formation on the horse head. What a better way to end that game. Another night to honor all their greats. That was just a great game. Great, great game calling. Great play. Great catch. Everything was great, man. Everyone did their job when their number was called. And, and that's all we need to see to move forward. Philly, no one's worried about Philly. Really, JT, there's no one on the schedule I think that can compete with us when we're Yeah, do not tell me. Do not tell me. Thanks for the call. Do not tell me worry about Philly. That's the whole show this week. I'm worried about Philly. Philly's coming in. Did you see how Philly played Tampa Bay, the world champs, to a one-score game? Did you see when the game was thought to be over how great they played? Philadelphia, this team can move the ball. They're coming in. It's the exact same game plan as Chicago. Exact. A quarterback who can throw the ball, I think, better than Justin Fields early in his career and can run just as good as Justin Fields. And they're a tougher physical team. So, again, I don't want to 
I don't want to use up all the energy that it's, I'm going to start tomorrow with the Eagles and the game plan. The Eagles are damn physical and tough. The Raiders got punched in the mouth, punched in the mouth by the Bears, and were never in the game, never in that game, and they're coming home for the first time. We'll respect the Eagles. Their fans are coming. It's going to be loud from an Eagles perspective, and the Raiders need to be at their best. I'll be at the Black Hole tailgate at 9.30 in the morning because I'm getting my game on for that one. Brought to you by Modelo with that brilliant fighting spirit. Carr back into the gun, takes it, flushed out of the pocket, sets a screen, drops it off to midfield. Here comes Jacobs, crosses 35, breaks daylight, down to the 21-yard line. What a beautiful orchestrated screen pass, and that's a play that Lincoln Kennedy for three-plus years has been screaming for the Raiders to run. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Brenton Lincoln on the call. JT back with you. Raiders explode. With a win and beat the Denver Broncos. Welcome back. Monday Night Football, my spot, Doghouse Saloon. The best place to watch Monday Night Football is that doghouse inside Resorts World, Las Vegas. When Scott Sabella, season ticket holder, became the president of Resorts World, I told him, I got to be involved with this property from a sports perspective. He told me, Doghouse is not a bad seat to watch the game. Plus, the sports book is right there inside Doghouse. It's tremendous. We have giveaways, prizes, and they're giving us a lot of cool gear. A lot of great swag to give away, uh, drink specials. you got to go to Resorts World, number one, and just see how gorgeous it is. It's the premier property in all of Las Vegas, and we are associated with Doghouse for Monday Night Football. Doghouse Saloon at Resorts World, Las Vegas, our official home for Monday Night Football. So, Raider fans, let's keep the energy going. And from Tuesday on, it's all about the Eagles and the importance of this game to beat the Eagles and to go into the bye week 5-2. and two. Can you? Are you kidding me? Talk about a best-case scenario. It is right there for the Raiders to take, but they're going to have to fight hard to get it. Jay in Vegas, you've been on hold. Thank you, Jay. Go ahead. Appreciate you taking my call, JT. Um, I go back to last Wednesday uh, when you played the audio from uh, the press conferences with Mike Mayock and Coach Passaccia mm-hmm. and um, I, I loved what I what I heard, but I couldn't wait to get home to actually see because I'm a, I'm a I'm a body language type of guy, JT, mm-hmm. and I wanted to see the body language. And you know, there were no hung shoulders, there were there were no uh, heads down and avoiding eye contact. You know, they were real sure about the game plan going forward. Mike Mayock and and Coach Pisaccia, mm-hmm. shoulders up, head up, making eye contact. And the way the players talked about Coach Pisaccia, you really saw that it translated. Uh, to what happened yesterday, you know, I'm I'm so proud of how the team responded. Uh, you know, after a week of bashing, I mean, if I can give you an analogy, JT, it was like the organization from from top to 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 down to bottom to with the players. It's like they had their their hands tied, and and the media, the NFL, just bashing them like a freaking pinata. And and Sunday, man, the the you know the 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 wraps came off and it was time for them to punch back. I mean, Coach Versace wasn't even given a fair shot. They were already looking at other candidates, you know, looking for his replacement. And, I mean, so disrespectful, especially with so much of the year ahead of of us, you know. And and I just thought that the way they came out, the way they responded, the way they hit back, 
uh, man, it really it really said a lot. You know, they say, you know, action speaks louder than words. Well, I love the way the team came out and, and just responded uh, uh, very aggressively. I loved it. Uh, for me, the uh, the play was that Drake touchdown as well. I mean, uh, you, you, you said it and, and others that have called said it. For me, it was that as well because now you put the league, you know, you put the other teams uh, uh, that are on our schedule on notice that, man, we could throw a wheel route and put that and drop it in a bucket and, and score on you in that way. And uh, lastly, JT, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, you know, you, you, you hate a rival, you know, especially within the division, but you respect them. Check this out, man. I, I, I lost total respect for the Bronco organization. I mean, I know the term once a Raider, always a Raider, and, and you know, that's 99.9% true. But that does not relate to Mike Shanahan, a noted and admitted Raider hater, uh, Al Davis hater. For them to do that, uh, you know, it was like kicking dirt in our face. They, they, they wheel them out in that orange blazer looking like a traffic cone, and everybody's all laughing and all smiles. And, mm-hmm. and you know what? We ran over that traffic cone, yep. and, and I, I loved every minute of it. Thanks, JT. Yeah, thanks for the call. I've been interviewing Mike Shanahan for years and have a great relationship from my years up in Tahoe with him. Mark Davis spoke to him, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go down that road. I know some people want to do it. I, I've had great, great conversations with Bill Romanowski. There were a, a couple of former players who were at that, and look, they had that planned in advance. Steve Atwater was getting his Hall of Fame ring. They were going to honor Mike Shanahan. Mike Shanahan has one of the most expensive houses in the state of Colorado. All the players came back for a party, and the Raiders smashed that party. They smashed that party at halftime and really took a lot of energy out of that building, even though they had all their legends back, John Elway, everybody on the field. So it was great motivation. But getting back to what Rich Passaccia was able to do, it was only one game. But the way he handled the whole week, from the initial press conference to when I sat down with him Thursday on the Silver and Black show, excuse me, all, everything that went on that week, he just handled it calm and cool. There was not a lot of drama going around the organization, nor should they have been. These are professional football coaches and professional players. They have to be dialed in, and they were. They all did their job, like they do at BillsHappen.com. Are your credit cards maxed out? Do you have bad credit? I got you set up. BillsHappen.com. BillsHappen.com. You can get up to 5000 cash as early as tomorrow. Go to BillsHappen.com.